Hey, 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 good morning. It is Thursday. Coming up in August, yes, August, we will go five days a week. But as of right now, this is the start of the freaking weekend. Everyone going to have me some fun. Answer me this question. Answer it to me. Call me whatever names you want to, and I'm assuming at some point it's going to get me in real trouble, but i got to ask a question that I cannot tell you how many people have asked me. Dan, why do we have to have drag queens in schools? You're a homophobe. You're a transphobe. You're a whateverphobe. No, I'm none of them. I'm just asking you a question. Why do we have to have drag queens in our schools? A Michigan attorney general said, a drag queen in every school. Huh? A what? Huh? A why? What? When did all this start? She's drag queens are fun. Drag queens are this. Drag queen. Oh, that's fine. May, she may be right on all accounts. Uh, this lady made the drag queen. Uh, Dana Nessel is uh, the first openly gay attorney general. That's great. Wonderful. Good for you, man. Live your life, baby. But I talk to teachers every day. In fact, I talk to one damn near every day, my daughter. I talk to my mother. I talk to some, like, teachers are my wheelhouse. They always have been since my parents were teachers. And I've not heard one of them say, oh, man, it's great when we have a drag show come in. Oh, man, we really want a drag show. Oh, man, I wish we could have a drag queen prancing around the hallways all day. Never. You know what they say? Kids in the United States are falling behind in reading, writing, arithmeticing. All you got to do is go to Harvard, look at the demographic of the school. I'll go to different schools, look at the demographics of the school. We're falling behind so fast it make your head spin. That's what teachers say. That's not what your media says. That's not what your little libbies are going to say. But that's what teachers say all the time to me. Now, there's not one teacher ever that wants to say that publicly because you become a phobe. You become a this, you become a that. By the small, small, small minority, it's time we stand up. Like, there's a part in Indianapolis, speaking of standing up, there's a part of Indianapolis in Broad Ripple where Broad Ripple's a very popular area. It's like kids, you, you know, college age, after you hang out, it's a singles place. Kind of used to be a fun area. Now, there's uh, one area where there's crime upon crime on crime, and the, the, the locals are mad. Well, the locals need to say, screw this and stand guard. Hey, man, when I was like 10 years old, Richard Speck, that's right, Richard Speck killed a bunch of nurses in Chicago. He was on the loose. You know what me and all my neighbor friends did? We got sticks and we got bats and we stayed the night outside. We were going to defend our neighborhood from Richard frickin' Speck. It's time we stand up. I'll go. If somebody says, hey, we're having a watch on Broad Ripple, I'll bring a bat and go. I will. I won't get arrested. But if some little punk-ass criminal keeps terrorizing the neighborhood, you know, the criminals make up about that much of a neighborhood. The good people make up about that much. And yet we all sit and tear. Drag queens and all that make up about that much. People that support it that much. And that much doesn't want it. We all sit and tear. It's unbelievable to me. We got this whole thing backwards. We let the people that have the lowest, or not the lowest, 
but the, the criminals are this much of our society and we let them dominate. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't get it. Do you? Seriously, do you? You know, when it's put like that, do you really get it? Do you really think that it makes sense that we cower from the punks of this world, the criminals? Does it really make sense that your tax dollars going to public schools and you're afraid to stand up and say, look, I don't need some dude dressing up as a chick running around my school. I need you to teach my son, daughter, what I'm paying you to do, which is reading, writing, arithmetic, social studies, government, whatever the hell it is. Hell, I wouldn't even care if they didn't teach him manners. My mother always says, well, I try to teach him manners. Like, That's great. But hell, just teach him the base. Why? Hey, we got a drag show coming up here at three. Why? Why? Well, socially kind, that's fine. That's great. But in every school, every day? I don't think so. I, look, maybe. I don't get it. And I, hey, look, I'm old, right? So I don't count my ass. I got a platform. I'm going to make it count. You explain it to me, man. A drag queen in every school. Now she's catching hell because when you go that far crazy, uh, you know, or that far wacky, even the people that are the most afraid to be criticized will stand up. Man, how about we teach some reading, some writing, some arithmetic, some computer skills, coding, whatever. Diesel mechanics, shop, a skill, a trade. Jeez, go to the basketball, the football, the soccer, whatever game at night. Why do we got to bring sex in it to our kids? Why? Why? Well, sex education, that's great. Teach them not to have sex. Teach them the, the moral obligation of loving somebody before you become joined as one, as my pastor said. Damn. I got to tell you, if I, if I were a parent, which I was, and they said, hey, look, like every Friday we're having a drag show, I'd be like, yeah, every Friday my kid ain't going to be there. Or I'm tra- transferring schools. I, I don't need sex into my school for my 12, 4, 10, 12-year-old. I don't need it. Uh, Stanley Cup was last night. Maybe I'm wrong. Please let me know. I'm sure the YouTube chat's pumping on that. I'm sure Twitter will be, you know. Uh, the indie star will be all over that. You can be all over it all you want, but that's, you know, I think that's what the majority of people kind of feel. Why do we have, why do we possibly have, why, 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 why? I digress. All right, Stanley Cup last night, pretty good, actually. I went to a hockey game for the first time this year. I always grew up around hockey, loved the Blackhawks, but I never really went to a game. We really have money to go to games all the time. Hockey was always a little bit more expensive than hoops. Anyway, I digress. So I'm watching last night. I got to tell you, that was fun. That, even though I lost money because I took the lightning, that was fun. It went to overtime. Andre Burakovsky, uh, the game winner, he had won a Stanley Cup with Ovechkin back in 2018. But it was fun. It was a fun watch. Two goals early. Next thing you know, bam, bam, it's two to nothing. And the, it felt like, it felt like the Lightning were going to come back. But if Lord Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup is going to be played for the hardest to win of all trophies, the most glorious win, form our hockey players that haven't won the Cup, don't touch the Cup. I had an evening with the Cup a few years ago. 
I had an evening a few years ago where it was late night. It was in Carmine's. It was in uh, Chicago. Buddy of mine, we played golf all day, went to Wrigley, had beers, came back, cups walking across the street. Turned out it was the New Jersey Devils. This is a while back. The trainer was from Chicago. We followed the crowd right into his private party in Carmine's right there on the Viagra Triangle and had a little evening with the cup. But if I were a hockey player that played in the NHL or even played in the minor leagues, I am not allowed to touch the cup. But since I was just some slap coach at Bowling Green State University, I was allowed to touch the cup. Although some lady got a little pissy when we tried to drink out of the cup. But hey, what are you going to do? I like the cup. I ain't watching hockey all year long, but I'll watch the Stanley Cup Finals. And that was fun. All right, right now, you see this? In my house, this is a phone, but this is also the channel changer, all right? I call it the channel changer. Some people call it the clicker. Some people used to call it their son, which I was the channel changer as my son. But see, right now, I have got a bunch, uh, I don't know, a bunch of clowns on my television debating whether Draymond Green was, what's the right word, benched or offense-defense? Yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, I got the clicker and the clicker, I'm going to change the channel. You know, I'm going to change it to, I'm going to change it to the U S open. Why am I going to change it to the U S open? Because this is the greatest, second greatest, second greatest tournament to watch. I'll tell you why. First, uh, it's when we can watch, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, it's. It's in the summer. It makes you feel good. It's on Father's Day, so the winner always has little kids running out there. Payne Stewart grabs Phil Mickelson's face. You know, that kind of stuff. It's when I got my vasectomy. It's a great week to get a vasectomy. You go downstairs, you put the bag of peas on, and it's on all day. Like NCAA tournament, great day for a vasectomy. Maybe next week on Tuesday I'll give you my five best sports weekends for a vasectomy. But I got to tell you, the vasectomy... Pretty good. Third, it's hard. It's hard. Like, they, for the, you're not going to see, usually, you don't see like 20 under. You see one or two under. Then you're going to have a few of the little guys bitching, whining, moaning. It's too hard. I don't like the course setup. What is this? A circus? Put a 10 on it. Okay. I like it hard, baby. Yeah, I do. I like the rough high. Yeah, I do. Back in the 70s, we all did. Anyway, there's <laughs> not many of you will get that reference, but sometimes you got to please yourself. Anyway, um, I like when they make it difficult. And some guys are already out there. I'm looking at the leaderboard. There's a kid from Indiana named Patrick Rogers. Patrick Rogers broke all of Tiger Woods' records at Stanford. Patrick Rogers, like a phenom, big, strong. But every time Patrick Rogers gets in contention, he craps the bed. Right now he's one under through eight, which if you really look at it, means he's got what, 66 holes? No, 64 holes left? Go get him, Patrick Rogers. Uh, Opening round doesn't matter that much. Puts you in position to get in position, but it's a great weekend. And the other reason it's great, and this is where I disagree with everyone. I heard all these guys whining about the LIV tour. The LIV tour is taking precedent. It's overshadowing the U.S. Open. No, it's not. The U.S. Open is the United States Open. 
The LIV tour, does anybody know what it stands for? I don't. Uh, my daughter had a friend, Livy, down the street. Maybe it's the Livy tour. Maybe it's the Livy Dill tour. Uh, Liv Tyler, Liv Perry, whatever her name was, I thought was pretty good in Armageddon. I don't know. Tell me what the LIV tour stands for. I don't. Have, I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I do know this. The U.S. Open is playing, and nobody gives a rat's about the LIV tour. So all of the, hey, look, uh, we're going to pay attention to the LIV tour. It's going to overshadow. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope. Tell you something else. Tom Hoagie is a name. I don't remember if Ryan Burr said it on our show the other day, but he said it on my other show. And I got to tell you, Tom Hoagie to win gets you pretty good odds. Now, he ain't going to win, so you might as well get him in the top 10. I wish Tiger were playing. Not going to lie, I watched Tiger Woods. Tiger, If Tiger Woods were on my screen right now, he, were, he would be watched over whatever. If he was playing in the LIV Tour in Guam, I'd be watching. I like watching Tiger Woods play golf. I do. I think he's fun to watch. Um. Speaking of Tiger Woods, which means we're speaking of all-time greatness, which means I don't know if you all saw this, and I don't know how you all feel about this, but did you know, like, Serena Williams is 40 years old now? Did you know that? Like, Serena Williams being 40, man, come on. I remember when she was just a younger sister. I remember when she was, you know, but Serena Williams is 40. Serena Williams got a special exemption into Wimbledon. You know who I'm going to bet on to win Wimbledon? That gal, Serena Williams. I wouldn't bet against Serena Williams ever in any event. I don't know if she's got two kids, three kids, one kid, five kids. I don't care. I do not care. I am betting on Serena Williams because three reasons. One, she's, in my opinion, the greatest women's tennis player I've ever seen. Two, she's mentally tougher than any of them. And three, all the other players are scared to death and they know what I know, which is you don't want to play Serena Williams. Now, I may lose money on it, but I don't give a damn. That woman right there is a badass. That woman right there kick your ass, step on you, and then tell you she's going to slit your throat or whatever she told that umpire or that judge or that whatever linesman in the U.S. Open. She's going to kill her. That's my kind of woman right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's my wife, Lee Ross, baby. One time we went to work out, Lee and I, and this is about 10 years ago. And we were in this gym, and I put on those boxing gloves, you know, that, that, you know, you catch the punches. She's got the regular boxing gloves. I got the trainer's boxing gloves. She got in a stand. I mean, it hurt. <laughs> she was hitting those gloves, boom, 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 quick. I'm like, oh, man, I want to have sex right here. That was unbelievable. <laughs> it was true. That's my kind of woman. Look. I couldn't come home every day to Beaver Cleaver's mom, June. I want somebody that's going to make the hands hurt. That's my wife. I want a badass. That's my wife. You put Serena Williams out there. I know one thing. She's going to compete like crazy. I know another thing. 
She's going to make everybody playing against her scared because everybody knows Serena Williams is the greatest of all time. So just do me a favor, all right? Well, I don't tell people how to spend their money, but I got to tell you, I'm betting on Serena Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I am. She's a badass. And I am a fan of badassery. No, I'm not a fan. I, I, I am in love with badassery. I think badassery in women is the most appealing deal ever. Ever. You know, one of the dumbest things, maybe the dumbest thing, and I want you to think about this. Look, one of the dumbest things you're ever going to find is the idea of defunding police. Like, it's funny. I talked about that intersection on, in uh, Broad Ripple, right? And the first thing people said is, well, why don't you set a police station up right there? Really? What? Huh? Defunding the police is legitimately the dumbest move. That is giving in to the lowest common denominator in our society, the criminal. Why would you ever give in to the criminal? Like, why? Uh, explain it to me. Like, hey, look, police aren't perfect. They make mistakes, and sometimes their mistakes are very costly. They cost lies. Police aren't perfect. They're not. But defunding the police is legitimately the dumbest argument. Well, what's the right word? Dumbest argument? No. The dumbest theory? What was that anyway? Uh, what, what were those idiots talking about when they said defund the police? It was not, it's an argument, but it's not really an argument. I'm looking it up right here. But anyway, defunding the police is the stupidest thing you're ever going to hear. By the stupidest people whose objective is not to do anything other than to get reelected and to do it through you, if you're dumb enough to follow them. All right. A shooter opened fire. Now, this is, so, this is how we are in this world. We're not even phased by this anymore. Uh, June 15th. What's today? June 16th? Uh-huh. June 15th. A shooter opened fire inside a sports complex in Duncanville, Texas, operating a summer camp with about 250 kids and staff before police... Confronted the suspect. No campers were injured. The gunman, dead. 42-year-old Brandon Keith Ned from Dallas. For some reason, this guy decided he is going to enter the Duncanville Fieldhouse through the main doors carrying a handgun. Soon as he entered the building, the shooter exchanged words with a staff member, and that was when the first shot was fired. The staff acted swiftly, got the kids to safety, locked the door in the classroom, they moved the kids to a safe area, locked the door. Suspect went to the classroom, was unable to get inside, fired one round inside the classroom. No one was injured. Gunwin made his way to the gym where other kids were present, didn't fire any shots. Officers located, killed him. Good. Four to 14-year-old kids had to go through this. But you know who didn't have to go through this? Parents burying dead children which as a father, I couldn't imagine doing and I pray to God every night I don't have to do. You know who did not have to do that? Parents. 
Parents of a four-year-old didn't have to get a small casket and bury their son or daughter. Parents of a 14-year-old didn't have to explain to their siblings why their older brother was dead, older sister was dead. Why? Because of police officers. Because police officers came in, acted quickly. And now, this didn't even turn a tap. I don't even know where I found this. I think I found this on the Huffington Post, so I'm going to assume that it's true. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you have police officers. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why I don't listen to LeBron James or anyone else, AOC or any of anybody else, that when a police officer does something stupid, like we've seen, where I even think about defunding the police, where I even think that the police aren't for the greater good. Yes, they're stupid sometimes, just like I am, just like you are, just like your neighbor is, just like your son or daughter, that precious little baby. Everybody acts like an idiot and in every profession, every single profession, there are bad people. It just so happens that in the police profession, people sometimes die because of their own stupidity. But if you tell me defunding the police or limiting police is a good thing, I'm simply going to tell you, in my opinion, it is not. In my opinion, we couldn't do anything dumber in this country right now. In fact, in my opinion, we should be offering bonuses in cities for people to sign up at the academy and graduate. Just my opinion. You can have a difference of opinion. You know, there are 250 moms and dads and kids and everybody else that has to figure out how they're going to deal with what happened here in Duncanville, Texas. No question about that. And there will be blame because, let's be honest, there is always blame. You can't swing a dead cat without having blame somewhere. We all get it. And and words will be parsed. And every little thing that that guy on my screen says or every little thing that somebody in the media says will be parsed and criticized. We all know this. We all see it. We all go along with it. But the fact of the matter is, if you are for defunding police, uh, you're an idiot. Or you have an ulterior motive because no reasonable thinking person wants to defund the police, reasonable thinking person, say we need more police. Make police uh, higher paid. Give police more benefits. Help the police. Four-shot Foudy. Our guy, your guy, old four-shot. He got four shots. Foudy got four shots. Foudy told us all. I should have had this. People are vaccinated. They can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are four shots. Guess who got COVID? I'm not happy that he got COVID. I'm not happy about COVID. I'm not a guy that dismisses COVID. But all I am saying is this. This guy Fauci, and I don't even criticize Fauci. He's got a tough job. I'm not smart enough to criticize Fauci, but I will say this. I don't know how you make that statement way back. And it always makes me wonder. You know, I watch enough stuff, and everything becomes a conspiracy theory. There are two things in this world that you can count on. 
If you don't go along with the script of the Libbies, then you are promoting a, quote, conspiracy theory, regardless of whether those theories or, whatever, or those facts become truth. You know that. And the second thing I've always learned is there's always a backstory. There's not kind of a backstory. There's always a backstory. Not a little one. Like my, my station got sold two days ago. Emma's, our, our whole group, Emma's Communications, Jeff Smolian, great guy, went to Emma's to work for Jeff. Jeff sold it. So I was talking to one of the general managers yesterday, and guess what he told me? The backstory. It's always a backstory. So I've always wondered with Fauci, and I'm not going to answer that right here, what's the backstory? What's the backstory on now we got 17 viruses? I've always said this, I've always been incredibly impressed by how we have this virus, and so many so quickly came up with how to deal with it. Now, I'm not talking about vaccines, but I'm talking about your business. Like, who is smart enough to figure out if I put my camera on this scan code, I can show a menu? That's some smart people. I think of those things. Like, we had some really smart stuff, but I want to know the backstory on Big Pharma. Everybody's got the answer. Like, I can go to Twitter right now. I certainly go to YouTube page, and I got all the answers from guys that are, well, let's be honest, sitting on a YouTube page in the middle of the day. It's not like they're in a lily lab. It's not like they're sitting there, you know, splitting the atom all day. They're on a YouTube chat, but they got all the answers. They'll tell you. Well, you know, and it always involves Trump, right? Trump did this. Okay, great. Okay. I mean, look, uh, they don't have a lab coat on right now. I'm getting a kick out of that myself, actually. But, hey, I appreciate you being there. No question about it. Uh, No question about it. Mm, Man. Oh, man, so so Fauci gets it. He'll be fine. A lot of people aren't fine. I do know people that have died. It just seems like this has now become, I don't know. How about uh, Mondari Jones said she couldn't come to Congress because of COVID while she was partying with stars on the French Riviera. Man, oh, man. There you go. She's a Democrat out of New York. The old COVID excuse, right? Ah, I got COVID. I got to go to the French Riviera. (laughs) Huh? Huh? Can we, this is a good question. Scott uh, Terzian said, can we demand refunds? Like Scott says that that, uh, Fauci should demand a refund. He got four shots, four shot Fauci. Can he demand a refund? Can he go out and say, hey, look, wait a second here. I paid good money. I got my little card. Uh, Fauci probably got a little chip in his ass that they put that they can track him around a little bit. Can old four shot, can he get a refund? I don't know, but I'm going to ask Jason Hammer next. Hey, man, this is a fun show. Keep them coming. This is a really fun show. I love this show. Man, oh, man. Uh, Hammer's next. We got Bobby Barack. Bobby Barack. If you don't know who Bobby Barack is, I got to tell you. He's America's conscience. He's the only media guy that doesn't have an agenda. He's the only media guy that doesn't take sides. He's the only media guy that'll tell you the truth. Love having Bobby Brack on. He's at 1030. Hammer time next, baby. That's right. Jason Hammer. 
He is, he brings it on Thursdays. If you haven't heard Hammer, you are in for a treat. I promise you will walk out going, man, that guy was good. Keep it right here. It's Don't At Me. I'm Dan Dockage. What a great world. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't At Me will be right back after this. It's, uh, it's literally the best segment than the intranet, internet, whatever the hell you call it. It's Hammer Time, baby. It's Jason Allen Hammer. At Jason Allen Hammer, you can follow him on Twitter, great follow. You can listen to him, WIBC.com, afternoons, 3 to 7, right here in Indianapolis. There will be a day when you look back about five years from now, and Jason Allen Hammer is, um, well, the Hammer and Nigel show is the biggest thing in the country. And you'll be like, man, I see that guy on the Dockage morning show. What the hell happened to Dockage? And I'll be groveling under a bridge somewhere, but <laughs> Hammer Time will be what hammer time is. Hey, uh, before a four shot Fauci got himself COVID, should he demand a refund? Can we get refunds? Cause Fauci told us, and I played the audio. If you get vaccinated, you can rest assured you're not getting the virus. Should we all ask for refunds? <laughs> like Fauci's got this thing. And Justin Trudeau has got this thing. The second time since January, that pretty boy up in Canada has got this thing. And these are people that get vaccinated when they're bored, right? They come home after a long day. They put their feet up on the couch, pour themselves a scotch. You know, the wife's not around. They get bored and they just give themselves a shot. That They love this kind of stuff that much. They're the ones getting this thing more than anybody else right now. It's not a big deal that Fauci has it. Everybody gets it. Even if you don't know that you had it, you probably had it. It's not a big deal. But we all have to say the company line afterwards, right? It's all been put into our head. Things would be much worse, but thank goodness I was vaccinated and boosted. It's the company line. I know a bunch of people who have done the original round of shots. Some people didn't get them at all. And they're getting this thing less than people like Justin Trudeau, people like Dr. Fauci. Listen, this is a virus. It's going to do virus things. Whether you have it, whether you don't have it, talking about the vaccine here, there's a chance you're going to get it. You're going to get it and you're going to spread it. We were sold a completely different story about this vaccine when it came on the market. You played the audio. There was Joe Biden saying you need to get vaccinated so the spread stops there. Well, no, you can still spread this if you've been vaccinated. And here's the thing, Coach. If you would have said this on social media Back in October of last year, you probably would have lost your account. If you're somebody like Alex Berenson, former New York Times writer who had questions about the efficacy of the vaccine, and he came out and said, look, I think you can still get coronavirus. I think you can still spread coronavirus with these vaccines. They kicked him off social media. Turns out he was absolutely right. It is amazing how th those things, well, it's a conspiracy theory. You know, I mean, everything's a conspiracy theory, and then all of a sudden it's just, I guess, a theory. And then it becomes correct. I got to right. get into something, right. though. When, when our man, Jolton Joe Biden, ran for office, I've actually retweeted a number of times Joe Biden saying, There's no, I'm no, there, I won't blame anybody. Basically, he's the no-blame president, and yet all I see this man doing is blaming. For a long time, it was Putin. Now, apparently, it's greedy gas and oil companies 
that have uh, come under blaming Joe Biden's kind of blame. How about that? <laughs> now, to be fair, Coach, I don't think Joe Biden remembers himself saying that. So take that for what it is. Uh, but imagine being somebody that works in a gas company, right? Now, listen, I'm not saying that these are the super good guys. They may not be the heroes here. But imagine being an executive at a gas company. This guy ran his entire campaign on putting you out of business for two and a half plus years. Joe Biden. In every single speech, every debate, every town hall, wherever he went, he was talking about putting the gas company out of business. We're going to end fossil fuels. We're going to end oil. We're going to go to renewable green energy. That was every single speech. We played montages. You can find them all over the Internet, all over the place. And now this geriatric old dude is coming at me telling me he needs my help, that I'm not a patriot because I'm making money? With all due respect, if I'm somebody from the gas company, I raise up my hand, I extend a finger, and I simply say, no, I think we're good here. You tried to put me out of business. Now, again, I'm not saying that the gas companies are doing everything right. They're not. But you can't tell somebody for two years Two plus years, we're going to put you out of business. We hope everything you do fails and then come groveling back to me. Please, please, we need your help. My approval ratings are underwater. I need everything. Please help me. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. And the bigger lesson here is that every single time the Biden administration tries to grovel to certain aspects of their base it blows up in their face, whether it's defund the police, right? The Biden administration thought we're going to get a lot of support from the black community for defunding the police. No, black people want the police. I had uh, Reverend Charles Harrison on my radio program. He leads one of the largest black congregations in the city of Indianapolis, talks to his churchgoers all the time. They want more police in their community. They want the crime to stop. You can't just placate for certain loud activists on social media. Let's talk about the border. Joe Biden, open borders, letting everybody and anybody that wants to come into our country. That pisses off people who have done things the right way. Look what happened in Texas this past week. Special election on Tuesday, a place that has not voted for a Republican in damn near 150 years a place where Joe Biden beat Donald Trump by 13.7%, a place where Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump in 2016 by nearly 25% voted for a Republican. It's basically an all-Hispanic town. It's one of the most liberal blue cities in all of America. But they see what's happening at their border. They didn't sign up for this. They did things the right way. They know it's hard to get into the United States. They waited. It took years. They did everything right. And here comes this guy and his administration just letting people go across. Well, yeah, that would piss me off, too. Every single time the Biden administration tries to placate to certain parts of their base to appease the radical, loud folks on social media, it backfires on them. And the gas is the latest example. 
Why are we, uh, not we, but why is media so afraid? I don't know if afraid is the right word, but why? (laughs) Judge Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court justice, had a dude with a plan get out of a cab right in front of his house, obviously and admittedly was going to kill the dude, but this isn't covered. This is a Supreme Court justice. What's going on here? I told you last week, that this was going to be a nothing burger for the political left. But I have to admit, even I didn't think that it would be zero mentions on the Sunday news shows, okay? And if you think I'm lying, you can look at the research. ABC Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning, NBC Sunday morning, and even CNN State of the Union, the major Sunday news shows, The biggest day in the news cycle where people who don't even follow this kind of stuff watch the news, zero, zero mentions of an attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. Oh, there's plenty of January 6th. Hot damn, there was January 6th out the ass. But an assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice, that's a pretty big deal. And I promise you, had that been a liberal justice, You would have wall-to-wall coverage. There'd be another primetime hearing. I knew they would bury the story. I did. Because most of the national media is just an extension of the Democrat Party. That's who they are. But I thought what we would get was January 6th is the worst thing since 9-11. Maybe it's worse. Donald Trump should be locked up for inciting a riot. Oh, by the way, there was a little situation with Kavanaugh. Go to break. We didn't even get that. There was not even that, Coach. Zero mentions. ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN on their premier Sunday morning news programs of somebody trying to break in and murder a Supreme Court justice. This is where we're at. And when somebody says, I've lost faith in the media, a lot of people will say, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. No, this is an example. And when you tell somebody the facts and the reasons why, i.e. zero mentions on the major traditional news networks, they've got no answer for you. This is ridiculous, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I thought there'd be a little something. I knew they'd bury the story, but damn, zero mentions. That's, That's impressive. Tip your hat to the folks because they're not even trying to act like they're covering both sides of the story anymore. They just said, don't look at the story, ignore it. That's what I said. If you don't, if you agree or disagree with the Trump presidency, you can't ignore the fact that he at least established clear lines in the media on who they are for and who they are against. I mean, I think that's very clear. Hey, you mentioned January sixth, um, the hearings. I, I've never, I've not paid one lick of attention to it. That makes me a bad guy. I understand. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But it is sunny out here until like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So my fat ass is outside running around in the grass, rolling around with my wife. Have these hearings been a big nothing or what have they been? Yes, they've been a big nothing. Uh, it's kind of like when you're promised like a re-release of one of your favorite movies. Remember when Star Wars came out and it was on DVD and it was on Blu-ray and we've got three extra minutes. Oh, wow, that's exciting. Indiana Jones, re-release. We've got a new scene that you've never seen before. You watch it, you already know what's happening, and the extra footage doesn't really do anything for you. 
This is what the January 6th hearing is. Um, it's a big nothing burger. It is. The whole thing is designed to make Donald Trump look as bad as possible so he does not run again. Or if he does run again, they can use this against him in the general election. That's all that it's about. That is all this is about. There's no new information you're going to find. There's not. But we're going to go through with this whole situation. My question is, when is there going to be a primetime hearing about the debacle from Afghanistan's withdrawal? Because 12 of our soldiers lost their lives in that. 12 brave United States men and women serving our country lost their lives in that. You know how many people died storming into the Capitol? One, and that one person was unarmed and was shot by a Capitol Police officer. I keep hearing all these crazy numbers. Six, seven, 67,000 people died at the Capitol that day. No, you had some people that passed away in the following days of health conditions, but of those who breached the Capitol. And I'm not justifying it. Don't get me wrong. If you went into the Capitol, you should be prosecuted. You should be locked up. You can't do it. Law is law. Let me make that perfectly clear. But I want standards that are equal on both sides here. Um, the folks that went in the Capitol, one person died. It was an unarmed protester. I was told all throughout 2020 that unarmed protesters need to be given a little bit of a leeway, need to be given a little bit of a leash, given a little bit of space, because if they're unarmed, there's no reason somebody should lose their lives. Stores were looted because of that. Businesses were burned down because of that. And I say it all the time. I'll say it again. To this very day, Alec Baldwin has killed more people than anybody that breached into the Capitol that day. But we're going to have these big hearings because orange man bad and they don't want him to run again. Um, did it make Trump look bad? Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, certainly um, he was there. He could have probably done a little bit more to ease the tension of the crowd. I don't think he was really wanting to ease the tension of the crowd that day. Maybe part of him liked it. Maybe part of him thought, you know what? I think I got a shaft here. I think I got screwed. Uh, the people are going to storm the people's house. I'm going to make a speech. What happens, happens. If that's the case, that's on him. But I'm just sitting here telling you there are way worse things that warrant this type of attention, this type of investigation, and this type of time spent from the FBI. How about the Larry Nassar situation? If you're the FBI, you screwed that up. Now, you're facing a lawsuit from gymnasts and gymnast families who are suing you. All right. If you're going to tell me that January 6th is the biggest in investigation that you've ever done as an FBI unit. All right. But that's embarrassing if that's the case. Yes. Does it warrant an investigation? Yes, absolutely. It does. But we're giving primetime hearings. We're doing this all around the clock here. It's become like a series on Netflix now where they're expecting their base to binge watch it. They can't have you forget what happened on January 6th because it's all they have. It's all the political left has at this point. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on jobs. They can't handle, they can't run on the way they've handled COVID. More people have died under Joe Biden than Donald Trump. And Joe Biden inherited all the vaccines. They can't run on the supply chain issues. They can't do anything. 
The Biden administration was at the helm when this country ran out of baby formula. The Biden administration was at the helm when parents have gone to the grocery store and are spending twice as much as they did a year ago. They can't run on every on any of that. But January 6th, that's what they can run on. They're infatuated with it. Speaking of shortages, are we looking at a little tampon shortage here? What we got? So, yes. Yes. Like in the last week, we've learned about two additional shortages, a shortage of sriracha and a shortage of tampons. Now, if the Biden administration has taught me anything, we have to blame this on Vladimir Putin. It's Putin's pad shortage. That's what it has to be. Vladimir Putin is responsible for the sriracha shortage and the tampon shortage. Everything that goes wrong in this country, it's Putin's fault. From the gas prices to the supply chain issue to the tampon shortage, hashtag Putin pad shortage. All of it goes back to Ukraine, right? At least I think that's what we're supposed to do. Well, again, how, how dare you say that? This is our no excuses, President. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, look, uh, if we have a tampon shortage, you're going to lose half the country if you're responsible for it. Let's put it that way, because that's I mean, baby formula is huge, but tampons right there with it, man. You can't you can't have half the country going without. Let's put it that way. You can't do that. If you're a woman, if you're a female voter that's somewhere in the middle, right? You're not super right. You're not super left. You got a house in the suburbs. You got a couple kids. You probably only go out and vote during the presidential election years. You're not into the local elections. You don't really do the midterm things. You're the casual middle of the road voter, the kind of voter that decides elections. What have you seen from Joe Biden to make you say, that's my guy? What have you seen from Joe Biden to make you say, you know what? I think we need four more years of this guy because that other candidate, who, that DeSantis guy, that Trump guy, oh, no, we can't have that. You don't have tampons. You don't have baby formula. Your grocery bill is through the roof. If you're going to work, you're filling up your gas tank at twice as much as what it was a year ago. And when you compare what it was pre-pandemic under the big, scary orange man, it's not even close. So what have you seen as a middle-of-the-road, suburban female voter to make you say, hot damn, I need four more years of this? Man, you know how I, I always go to our YouTube chat, and there's always two guys on there that'll defend it to the end. You know what one of these idiots who uses a fake name got out of our chat about baby formula? Republicans don't want families to have baby formula. What? Oh, that's what, okay. that's what one of these. <laughs> okay. You know what sucks, coach? His <laughs> vote counts the same as ours. That guy, fake ID guy, doesn't want to put his own name out there guy. His vote counts the same as ours. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, hey, and this guy, Ed Rogers. Ed Rogers, I swear to God, would tell you that uh, this president is the greatest. And at least I'm sure that's a fake name. But I just get a kick out of it. Like, I, you and I, people always assume things, right? They always assume if you don't, if you're not insane uh, for the left, then you've got to be for the right. I'm for neither. I'm for some common sense. But 
there, I'm just telling you, I've told my kids this, uh, and I've never done this before, but I said, if you voted for Biden, you're an idiot. Don't do it again. Just you're an idiot. <laughs> don't, don't do it again. Like, oh, dad, you know, no, there's no old dad. Like, just don't do it again. Don't be an idiot again. And think about it every time you go to fill up your car. Think about it every time you look at your, and they're youngs, but they're trying to build a portfolio. I go, no. Think about every time you're scared to go down the street because of crime waves. Voting matters and voting this idiot in. I didn't say it at the time. The other thing is, when you look back at Trump's speeches, the dude was right about all this. He literally told the country what the hell was going to happen if we were dumb enough to elect this idiot, and we did, and he's right. And this is the problem, though, with Trump. You're right. He told you exactly what was going to happen. Video exists of him telling you what was going to happen with crime, with inflation, with, you know, gas prices, all of that. But Donald Trump can't help himself sometimes. And because of voters like the guy we just talked about in your YouTube feed, people that feel like mean tweets are just the same as record inflation and high gas prices. This is how he loses. Donald Trump can't help himself sometimes. He's his own worst enemy. That's why there's a lot of people who feel like if Donald Trump were to get another four years, you would take it because you love the policies. You like what you got out of the Trump presidency in terms of policies. But Ron DeSantis may be more electable than Donald Trump. I don't think Ron DeSantis can beat Donald Trump in a primary. But I think Ron DeSantis is more electable than Donald Trump, if that makes sense. Because with Ron DeSantis of Florida, you get all of the same Trump policies without the baggage. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. And and look, this will be the one year or not the one year, but this will be the next presidential election where I don't vote for myself. I couldn't stomach Hillary. I, I couldn't stomach Biden and I couldn't stomach Trump. But now I can stomach Trump. Now, at last two elections, I voted for me. I've typed in Dan Dockage. And uh, this time, no. And you're, I don't, I've never even involved myself with it. I don't give a damn how many celebrities in Hollywood come out and say, hey, vote Democratic. Vote. I guarantee you this. Let me ask you this before I let you go. We all know that that whole nonsense with athletes and TV people, you know, vote, get out and vote, do something for you. They didn't give a rat's ass about that. They knew that athletes appealed to a, Democrat, a demographic that is democratic. They know the same thing about Hollywood folk. So that's all that was. Now I wonder, will they say the same thing? Hey, get out and vote. Because people are starting to become like you and I, where they're like, hey, dumbass, what am I voting for? $7 gas? My 401k is in the toilet? Crime is running in the streets? What am I voting for, LeBron? What am I voting for, Dwayne? What am I voting for, The Rock? You t- I mean, seriously, right. I believe that. I believe people are going to go, yeah, jackass, tell me what I'm voting for, you fool. And this is why... There's no way Joe Biden will be the nominee in 2024. There's no possible way. Even LeBron, even The Rock, whoever you want to talk about, they can't polish this turd. Now, if you want to put Kamala Harris up there or Mayor Pete 
or whoever the oh. flavor of the month is for the left, then they can try to spin it in a different way. But keep in mind, Kamala Harris was so unlikable, she didn't make it to Iowa from her own voters in the Democratic primary. She couldn't make it to Iowa. That's like hosting a New Year's Eve party and passing out drunk before midnight. The voters in the Democratic Party said, you're so unlikable, we're going to let Amy Klobuchar and all these other zeros advance, but you're that horrible of a person. Pete Buttigieg is probably the only one that has a likability factor, but if you look up guys that are in over their head in the dictionary, there's a big smiling picture of that goofball. Ask anybody that lived in South Bend what Mayor Pete did for him. You're not going to get a real positive answer. No, you're not. And it's a sad state that, and I don't blame anybody. You know, if I had any sack, I'd run. I mean, I'm sitting here whining about it. I should run, but I don't know. It, it, no, I'll admit it. I'm a hypocrite. I'll just say it right here. I'm a hypocrite because I know (laughs) I should run. I may not win, but at least I know I should run. But it, you know, it, it, you'll take other people's money. You'll take other people's money, spend it frivolously, and not win. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems like the right policy. That seems like the democratic way, damn it. All right, HT. <laughs> thanks, my friend. Great stuff. We solved a lot of the world's problems right here just now, HT. Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. That's my friend at Jason Allen Hammer. Go to WIBC.com, 3 to 7. It's a great show. I listen to it every day. Every day I drive home, every day I turn on Hammer and Nigel, and every day I laugh, I get pissed, whatever they're talking about, it's interesting. Zero mentions on This Week on ABC, zero mentions on Meet the Press, zero mentions on Face the Nation, and zero mentions on State of the Union on CNN. All zero mentions about the attempted assassination on Brett Kavanaugh. It's amazing. Like, I don't even know how you defend this. But I get a kick out of it because on the YouTube chat, there are still some guys. I know how you defend it. Whoa, well, Trump, I got one guy telling me, listen to this. So I say, look, I, it ain't my thing. But why aren't more women and media coming out against the 24 or 26 alleged victims of Deshaun Watson. So I get these idiots that go, well, Trump had more. Uh, Yes, he did. Maybe. I don't know. But I do know this. Everybody came out against Trump. So you're making my point for me when you tell me that Donald Trump had more. Okay, let's say he had 100. Every time Donald Trump had one up, he was criticized up and down from pillar to post. Not one word on Deshaun Watson. You made my point. I'm not stopping on the Brittany Griner and Deshaun Watson thing. Deshaun Watson, hell, Condoleezza Rice was too chicken blank to say anything yesterday. Condoleezza Rice is the person you throw out there, right? Hey, the NCAA needs fixed. Condi Rice. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, we come back. I got some awards to give out. It's called the Damn Awards. Don't. See the don't up there? At. Me. Damn. Not swearing. Don't at me awards. We give them to you every single Thursday. And I got some good ones, including some video. 
I got an unbelievable video to show you when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. It is Thursday. Uh, It's 10 o'clock, which means the Don't At Me Awards. Don't At Me Awards go to different folks for different reasons. We don't have a set. I just make them up. And then I give them to Dylan. Dylan puts them in a rundown. And we show them to you. There's no prize for this, although I'm thinking I may start sending a prize out for this because they're that good. Just shut up and just play a war. Now, before you go all racial on me, see, Dokic, you want people to shut up and dribble. No, I don't. No. No. I don't care what any athlete says about anything, except on the court. Shut up, Draymond. In this game, shut up. Don't get thrown out. Don't distract your team. It's going to be hard enough to win tonight in Boston in game six against the team whose back is against the wall. Clay Thompson said it. This will be the hardest game to win. Everybody knows the closeout game in any series, in any sport, is the most difficult. Teams with nothing to lose are dangerous. So, Draymond, in game five, you were a pain in the ass. I was going to say something different than my dad used to say about me and my brother, a pain in the something else, but... Anyway, your own teammates looked over at the coach and went, you came back in jumping around like an idiot. You came back in uh, being a problem. Your team won in spite of you. You got a little bit of Ben Simmons in you. You're afraid to shoot. You get to the lane and you turn, you kick it out. So here's what you need to do. Your coach did what your coach does. He defended you. The media did what the media does. I watched a bunch of dudes today. They may have been on Fox, so I don't want to say, but it was the stupidest argument I've ever seen. Actually, it was, because Nick Wright was the smartest guy on the set. Guys were saying, well, you know Kerr took out Draymond for offense, defense. No, he didn't. Draymond Green got taken out for four freaking minutes. That ain't offense, defense, people. Offense, defense is possession by possession. What it means is I take him out. Because he is Ben Simmons on offense, so he's got to come out, and I put in Jordan Poole, better offensive player. Then when the clock stops, I take out Poole if we're on defense, and I put in Draymond. Uh, I'm watching Nick Wright this morning, and he's like, look, it's four minutes. That ain't offense, defense. And he's right. And the guys that will always defend Draymond, because let's face it, Draymond's dangerous, man. Draymond hears this show. Draymond will get on his little podcast and go off. Hey, look, do whatever you want, but I ain't wrong. Your team's tired of you in late moments. You do a nice job of disrupting others. You do. That's fantastic. Do all that. But the fact of the matter is, Draymond, you got to shut up today and play. You just do. You got to shut up. Do the things that help your team win, period. Anything you're going to do, which is, hey, man, uh, we're going to distract Don't do it. Just don't do it. Shut up and win today. That's the award I'm giving you. All right? I said this earlier, and I'll say this again. The best sporting event for a vasectomy is this week. I know the NCAA tournament is fantastic for it. But what you get in the NCAA tournament is lulls. You get a lot of teams you don't really care about. By the way, Penn stock is down again, and I'll keep you updated for those of you that want to vote for this idiot for the next time. 
But anyway, so I just had a senior moment. I forgot where I was, but I know now. I'm talking vasectomies. NCAA tournament, great. Super Bowl, not great. No. See, if you get in Super Bowl week, you know what you got to listen to? A bunch of idiots, a bunch of fools, a bunch of people that are just talking. See, the U.S. Open comes on. It's on actually right now, uh, and it stays on basically to whatever time tonight. And, and there's no lull because it's always changing. Guys are making moves. Guys are falling down. And if you do sit here, it becomes like the Masters in this vein. The Masters, you love, I love, because the Masters, I know the holes. Like, I know on 13, you're going to have a chance to get a birdie or an eagle, and you're better on 15 the same. On 16, if you can hit that slope on Sunday and catch it down to the hole, and then on 18, you got to drive it through the chute. So at the end of the day, if you start today and go through Sunday, you're going to know this course, the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. So do yourself a favor. Run out right now. My doctor was Dr. Richard Tapper. Yes, that was his name, Dr. Dick Tapper. Yes, that was his name. Look it up. In Bowling Green, Ohio, uh, I think he may be from Toledo or Perrysburg, but everybody in Bowling Green, Ohio that was our age, that was getting a vasectomy, went to the good doctor, Richard Tapper. So don't be afraid, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be afraid to get yourself a nice vasectomy this week. Uh, there's a guy for the Colts that you probably never heard of. His name is Kahari Willis. Kahari Willis retired yesterday. Kahari Willis retired at 26 years old. He was injured last year. Not, not a crazy injury, but he was injured and he was out. Kahari Willis retired uh, giving up $2.5 million. Now, at 26 years old, he has some money. I mean, he's been in the NFL for three or four years. But Kahari Willis retired because, frankly, he is going to devote the rest of his life to his ministry and to his God. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that is absolutely very, very cool. I admire that man. That's the award. I admire that man. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I went to church my whole life. I go to church, but, 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 but I just sat through church. Like there's his, uh, there is his announcement and I'll read it to you here in a minute, but I sat through church. I did. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to go to church to see Roxanne Renner if she was sitting there with her family because I had a big crush on Roxanne Renner. But, of course, like most little prepubescent punks, I couldn't speak to Roxanne Renner. But when Roxanne and her sister Robin and Rochelle and the whole family sat in the front row, uh, you know, she wore saddle shoes and everybody got dressed up pretty nice. That was a big deal for me. So I would be in church thinking more of that and of her than I would thinking of anything else. And that's not the way to be, right? That's not the way anybody wants to be. But then I told the pastor, I go, look, I'm going on a religious walkabout. I'm going on a religious walkabout. I'm going to find out about different ways to go about faith. So I ended up at this church with my wife. Actually, my daughter turned it on to me. It's called Traders Point Christian Church. So Traders Point Christian Church here, actually, it's not a typical Catholic mass. The Mass is basically, uh, it's called Rock and Roll Church to some, they you know, play music, they sing, 
uh, doc, uh, preacher Aaron Brockett gets up there, and it's terrific. And I've learned a ton. And I've been on this walkabout for about 10 years. My mom comes to town. I go to Catholic church with her. But this, I've never been able, and I've learned that, you know, you need to become a light. You need to become a shining light of God, of Jesus. And I've never really thought of it that way. I've always tried to do right, made some mistakes, but always tried to do right. But I've never really sacrificed. And if I'm boring you, I'm sorry. But I think this is pretty cool what this kid does. I'd like to first thank the Colts organization for granting me the opportunity to compete in the NFL the past three years. Built lifelong relationships with teammates, coaches, support staff that have impact. Lessons I've learned in this phase of my life will be valuable for me in my next chapter. With much prayer and deliberation, I've elected to officially retire from the NFL as I endeavor to devote the remainder of my life to the further advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank all of my friends my family, and those who have supported me on this journey thus far. I look forward to your continued support throughout the next phase of my life. I'm humbled and excited to pursue the holy call that God has for my life, which brings me much joy and purpose. Thank you for all your support over the years. God bless Kahari Willis. I admire that. In fact, I got goosebumps right now. I admire that. Because that's far more, uh, even though the NFL will tell you that they are aligned with God and they are aligned with women and they are aligned with every other woke LGTB and everything else, full of crap. They're aligned with green. Now, I didn't say greed, although it is greed. They're aligned with green money, cash money. By the way, DraftKings stock is down now as your boy Biden continues to do his thing. Uh, they are aligned with money. They are aligned with green. Why do they support veterans so strongly? Well, because they want to sell you the camouflage jersey or the camouflage hat or the camouflage pullover that the NFL sells in their team stores because the old coach wears it. And when the old coach wears it, every penny millionaire here in Indianapolis wants to get out and buy it so they can look like the old coach. When Bobby Knight would wear a different sweater, man, every little slap went out and got their Bobby Knight sweater. When Bobby Knight wore a red sweater one time, they gave us a bunch of sweaters we were supposed to wear them. On the back, it had Bob Knight's autograph stitched in, right? At halftime, I changed sweaters. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm a pimp, but I ain't that big a pimp. But anyway, so I admire guys like Kahari Willis because they do something that I could not do. They sacrificed. Look, I'm at a point in my life where I'll endorse a cheeseburger for 10 bucks. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I mean, hell. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, uh, Kari Will has given up millions of dollars. Is he a great player? No, but he's a starter. He's a guy that is coming back. This also goes, Kari Willis, to this. I tell you all the time on this show and others, there's always a backstory. There's always a backstory. I don't care what it is in sports, there's always a backstory. What do you mean, Dan? Well, the Colts went out and drafted a guy named Nick Cross, who is a safety from Maryland, which means uh, the media is going to say Nick Cross is the greatest safety in the history of the world because that's what we do here in Indianapolis, which really means that Nick Cross, because he played for a buffoon named Mike Loxley, is probably the worst coached player in the NFL, unless, of course, Loxley was smart enough, which he isn't, to hire a good secondary coach. So anyway, long story short, I don't know whether Kahari Willis uh, was going to be great, but I do know this, the Colts knew this was coming. Now, again, I go to this every single time, every time I open up the newspaper around Indianapolis, every time I read about another guy, Mike Wells, NFL insider for ESPN, Zach Kiefer, Stephen Holder, Bob Kravitz, NFL insider for The Athletic. 
I don't even know the dude's names for the star. They're, in so, they're so inconsequential. I open up, they never know this stuff. Can I add, I'm an insider. I'm an insider on this shirt. I'm an insider. Arnold Palmer's on my TV. I'm an Arnold Palmer insider. You can be whatever you want to be. So I suggest that everybody go to their Twitter account and just put NFL insider. Because none of these idiots knew that Kahari Willis was retiring. They just said, well, Kahari Willis isn't here. Hmm? He's retiring. So I want to be like Kahari. And if you just listen to the last minute and a half of my discussion right there, where I called guys idiots and all that, I got a long way to go. <laughs> I got a long ass way to go before I can be like Kahari Willis. I, I don't admire this group. This is like a real housewives episode. Look at this. Can we show the video or no? We just got to show this. There was an unbelievable brawl. Look at this brawl. Look at this. This is in a restaurant. This is in a public restaurant. I mean, look at these, look at these idiots in a restaurant. Women. Man, there's one lady in there. She ain't got no panties on and she's throwing hands. Look at that. There goes a chair. This is in a public restaurant. I don't admire this. I admire Kahari Willis. Look at this. We want to pee. Look at this guy. He's pulling up his pants. She's coming outside. They're ready to throw. How about that? I, I always go with someone I admire and someone I don't. I admire Kahari Willis. Now, people will call me racist for showing that video. Look, I've said forever, if that was a bunch of white people, I'd be showing that too. It's amazing you got to defend it, isn't it? It's amazing you even got to mention it. But, hey, if you brawl in a restaurant like a complete idiot, you take your shirt off, you throw chairs, you got nothing on but a thong underneath the backside that's three axe handles wide, we're going to show it here. <laughs> Jeez. What a world, huh? What a freaking world. We got people walking in everywhere you go, right? Everywhere you go. We got people walking into stores taking stuff. We got this. Everywhere you go, all you got to do is watch a Real Housewives of New Jersey. And you see damn near, not to that extent, not where people are climbing. Well, people do climb over tables. They do throw things. But nobody really takes off their shirt and throws down. My question was, was this a real housewife episode? Because I'm telling you, you watch New Jersey, and it used to be New York. I haven't seen New York in a while. And that's what you see on the real housewives. That's why I watch it. Not so much the ladies in Atlanta, but I'm telling you right now, Teresa Judice, she'll throw that damn chair. She'll throw whatever. And I'm there for it. If all these folks were put in a Real Housewives of something, they'd get an episode or two out of me. See, the ladies of Atlanta, they argue, and they use all that hand stuff, you know, and, and, and all that. They don't throw stuff. Real Housewives of New Jersey, oh, man. They could be in the swankiest place in Maui, and there's something coming across the table. There's a haymaker. They don't mess around in New Jersey. So if you get a chance... Give it a watch. Can we show that one more time? Can we show this? Like, if, if I were going to do play-by-play, -play, or you were going to do, or Benetti and I were going to do play-by-play -play of this, this would be so awesome to do play-by-play. -play. Like, the best is Kevin Harlan. If, if, do we have it? 
If we don't, no problem. Just let me know. Uh, Kevin Harlan. Here we go. Here we go. And you know what's ridiculous about it? In, well, not ridiculous in this fight. Most fights, people take out their cameras. Nobody helps anybody anymore. They just videotape it. In this one here, everybody just throw it. This is in a restaurant in our na- Look at there. In our nation's capital. Look at this. And it doesn't end. We're pulling. We're running. Look at this guy. He got his spandex on and he ready to throw hands. Yeah. What's she got in her hand? Man, that's a real housewife episode right there. Uh, honest to God. That is real. I wish Kevin Harlan and I could do the play-by-play on it. A bigger screen, maybe we could. All right. This is the best video you're going to see. This is the best video you will see in a long, 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 long time. This video is basically... If uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, let's run the video if you don't mind. <laughs> it's so Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns, they're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Uh, that if, if I became president, Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected, gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. <laughs> flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs and crime while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. <laughs> They try to take away your gun, Second Amendment, they want to take it away, while they enjoy private security that's fully armed. I never understood that one. You spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom six months in, here's where we stand. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? Think of the single mom struggling to put food on the table each month. You know, it's, uh, it's sad. So if your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. When I took office. He finally went outside. He went to get an ice cream. Look, the bottom line is this. I say you're not doing a very good job. Because he can't take any questions now from the press. I know it's an edited video, but the dude had it cold. That's from at Maze, M-A-Z-E, Maze, Maze Moore. It's a great follow. Maze Moore is a terrific follow uh, on Twitter. Really good. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like that. But isn't it, isn't it interesting And how that's – like Trump is right. I mean, like, that can be edited. That can be unedited. You can like Trump. You can dislike Trump. But he told you exactly what was going to happen. Now, I'm sure – Somebody's mad about the way he said it. I'm sure somebody's mad about his hat. I'm sure somebody's mad about something he did 10 years ago or Melania posing nude. I'm sure there's something very inconsequential that has blanked people off about that. But it is astounding if you look at it with even a reasonable mind, not necessarily an open mind. I know an open mind is impossible for most. 
But if you look at it with a reasonable mind, it doesn't even matter how goofy and ridiculous and not here President Biden uh, is. It is amazing how Trump nailed it all. It really is. See, one of the things that we don't like in this world is we don't like the truth. We think our truth is the truth. We think our truth from the newspaper that we read or the magazine that we pick up, we think that's the truth. See, I do this. Um, I, my truth comes from me just paying attention. I listen. And I remember when Trump was talking about all that, and I thought he was full of crap. I'm like, no way. No way. Come on. No way. But the fact of the matter is, he was absolutely right. Now, again, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind about anything. One thing that I always tell my wife is I can't change anybody's mind. Like I watch these things happen on TV and they have these big dramatic scenes. The woman comes back to the man or the man comes back to the woman or the criminal doesn't do the crime, whatever, because of some conversation. I've always been the opposite. Whenever I've gotten into these conversations, I always think that I made an impact and then the person does whatever the hell they're going to do anyway. So I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I just got a show for two hours. I got a show for two hours that I'm going to do my best. My best, not always great, but I'm on my best to tell you stuff that maybe you haven't paid attention to or maybe give you something to think about or maybe, frankly, just to entertain you. But that is a fascinating video, man. And again, I, we all know what Biden looks like. Everybody around here knows what Biden is about. Like, you know, I understand guys come on a YouTube chat or guys go on Reddit or guys go on Twitter. But when they're private with their wives and they're filling up gas for $7.90, even, even they've got to say, look, what the hell are we doing here? I've never been political before until this because I see our country going to hell. I do. I see us being afraid. I see us, uh, I don't know, I don't like it. But again, whether you like Trump, like Biden, like whomever, it doesn't really matter. Trump wasn't wrong when he said all of that stuff. You know I'm tired of? This just came across my desk. I like when people say that this just came across my desk. The NBA draft's coming up. And I will tell you, and you will hear this, whoever is drafted first or second, whether it's Jabari Smith, and we'll get into the draft next week, but whether it's Jabari Smith or whether it's the Holmgren kid, I mean, I don't care who it is. The best player in the draft uh, is Paolo Banchero. The second best player in the draft is Jaden Ivey. Now, Jaden Ivey, I'd be a little reluctant because, frankly, I'm just telling you how I am. I think it's a great story, him and his mommy. His mommy's the coach, but I, I got wore out by it. And then when you lose to St. Peter's and you don't play well, I get even more wore out by it. But I get even more wore out by this. And I hope this isn't true. Jay Nivey would prefer if the Kings don't draft him. All right. Reportedly prefers not to go to the Kings. It's unclear if Ivy has worked out or provided the team with medicals. Those complications haven't deterred the Kings from selecting a prospect in the past. See, I get tired of that. I don't blame him. Hey, look. If I were mad at a player, all right, if I were mad, if I were the general manager of the Pacers and I didn't like a player, I'd send his ass to Sacramento. Let's be honest. When's the last time Sacramento had anything going on? They haven't. One time, I guess, with Weber and Vladi Divac and the rest. I would argue it's the worst place in the NBA to play. Now, some will say the Knicks. Some will say the Knicks because Madison Square Garden's here. 
The practice facility up in here in Westchester is where people live. It's hard to get in on game day. It's hard to get home. I get all that. I, I do. I get all that. And the taxes are stupid high. But taxes are stupid high in Sacramento. There's no interest. I mean, the locals may be interested in, but there's no national interest. And let's be honest, all these guys that want to be in the top 10 in the draft are looking at basketball, sure, but they want to be Mike, right? They want to be the next Mike. The basketball is great. You got to talk about certain things. Man, I'm all about winning. Oh, okay, great. You're all about winning? Okay. Uh... Man, I'm all about the chip. Okay, great. But what guys, and they are. Guys work really hard in the NBA. They do. They work really hard. But what guys have learned is there is a billion dollars out there if you figure this whole thing out. Dan, what are you talking about? Well, let's think about it. LeBron James just became the first billion-dollar athlete currently playing. Michael Jordan didn't even make a billion while he was a player. So if you have a good team, a smart team around you, and you have certain insides to different things that maybe others don't, you make a billion dollars. You ain't making a billion from Sacramento, and let's be honest, Jay Nivey ain't LeBron James, so we'll see what happens. But I am anxious to see. I am. I'm anxious to see what happens in this draft because I'm telling you, two guys, Jabari Smith, Chad Holmgren, are going to have nice numbers but their teams are not going to get any better. And that, my friends, will be a problem because the game has shifted. The game has gone to, let's be honest, the game has gone to you know, athletic guys like Jaden Ivey. I can't wait. I love having Bobby Barak on the show. Those of you that don't know who Bobby Barak is, Bobby Barak is America's conscience. Bobby Barak is the guy that, frankly, writes what people should be writing. Bobby is writing what is happening. Bobby has an interesting article. Do you know who Taylor Lorenz is? I'm not sure I know who Taylor Lorenz is either. I, I don't, I'm not sure that I know. But today's Bobby Barak's birthday. So he's nice enough to come on the show, and he's going to talk about some of his articles. And those articles include an a absolutely prototypical poster child for media, millennial, whining, hot garbage named Taylor Lorenz, who writes for the Washington Post. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about different things in the media, including our companies just fronting when they talk about Pride Week and they hang their little flags and they sing the song or whatever the song is. Is that just fronting? I don't know. We're going to talk to Bobby about it. Going to talk to Bobby about who's ESPN putting. Who was this guy the other day that said like six, eight people got killed in the Capitol riots? I'd never heard of the guy. He seemed really important. Last name was Dennis. Going to talk to Bobby about that. See, with Bobby, you can talk about real stuff. With Outkick, you can talk about real stuff. With Don't At Me, we are real stuff. That's all we got. We got nothing else. All right. When we come back, the legendary. Bobby Barak, before I go, I do want to check the YouTube chat. I got to make sure that we don't have any liberal tears out of the fellas there. The ladies are the best. They're like, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I don't care. These guys are idiots. But the dudes, man, they get crying. 
There ain't no crying in YouTube chats. You can go to YouTube.com, search me or search OutKick with me, and you can join the chat, and you'll be disgusted at some of the whining. But Donald Trump! <laughs> oh, man. We'll be back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Man, I got to tell you, first and foremost, happy birthday, Bobby Barack. Bobby Barack, man, what a picture that is right there. Wow. That looks like straight, straight out of uh, the Breakfast Club with the Nelsons and Charlie Sheen or Judd Nelson or whoever. Look at him looking all handsome. Bobby Barack is America's conscience. Let's just be honest. If you want something done, you go to Bobby Barack. If you want to find something out that's real, you go to Bobby Barack. It is literally that simple. Uh, before we get into it, what are we, what are we doing on our birthday? What do you got? Dan, there's only one way to start my birthday. That's come on, don't at me on your show. So I can't think of a better way to start the day. So I appreciate you having me. And by the way, I can't see the photo they're using. So I'm going to take your word for it that they had good judgment. Cause I have no idea what they have up on their screen right now. Well, it's a, it's a very... It's a very handsome young man uh, staring with uh, dreamy eyes into a camera. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, let's just go that route. That's what it is. Hey, all right, all right. do me a favor. Do, educate the world on the person that is this Taylor Lorenz. And why are we interested in this, this person? What's she got going? Yeah, so you might remember, I'm sure your listeners know, the libs of TikTok is this popular, influential Twitter account, what essentially just repurposes um, wokey liberals in their natural habitat, just post their funny videos at college campuses or out and about or in their homes. It's videos that they post on TikTok in this libs of TikTok Twitter account, repost the videos on social media. So Taylor Lorenz is a quote-unquote journalist from the Washington Post, about two months ago, she doxxed and harassed this anonymous creator, Dan, by showing up at the homes of the anonymous creator's um, family members, how trying to dig up information and trying to expose this person who turned out to be a woman behind the account, and now the creator is receiving death threats and so on and so forth. But the bigger picture is, this is a Washington Post journalist who uses her influence to destroy those below her. Anyone that challenges the Democratic Party or big tech leaders, Taylor goes out and just tries to ruin their character, tries to get people to fire them and cancel them. She is the embodiment of everything that is wrong with the corporate press today. She lies. She has a disregard for the truth. She's hateful. And quite frankly, she always claims to be a victim. Just two weeks ago, she smeared these anonymous YouTube accounts that gained fame by covering the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. And almost everything in her piece was a lie, including the fact of how much money they made. And she claimed that she personally contacted these creators. And there was a bunch of proof that said she never did. And then at the very end, she says, oh, well, it wasn't my fault the post had inaccurate information. It's my editors. So that's the person we're dealing with, Dan. She 
personifies everything that's wrong with the press today. I find her to be the most loathsome journalist going, and that says a lot. And then, if I'm reading this right, Bobby, when she and people came at her, she makes this whining-ass video where she starts crying about mistreatment. Am I wrong about that? Yes, this is what's great. So two weeks before she doxed, harassed, and bullied the creator of the Libs of TikTok account, she went on MSNBC and said she was doxed, harassed, and bullied. If that doesn't put your mind in a blender, I don't know what does. So again, she's saying that people are harassing, bullying her, including her family members, while she's harassing and bullying others' family members. Can you explain that? Because I can't, and I've tried to. Look, I I say this all the time. I want to see people when they're whining, and she put she's crying. She, it. I swear to God, if there was ever, and I don't know this woman. I don't want to know this woman. I don't follow this woman. I wouldn't read this woman. But if there was ever a poster child for somebody that number one is a fraud, number two a hypocrite, and number three someone you don't want to be in your twenties, Taylor Lorenz is all three of those, and it's glorious. Oh, absolutely. And like I put in my column, I hope people read it last week, is that to be in the media, at one point you had to be somewhat skillful or talented or curious or at least hold people accountable. She's none of that. Um, And the worst part about it is the entire media lacks credibility, but people like her have just put the final nail in the coffin. Um, I always say, I don't find the journalism trade all that impressive. I mean, you only have a few jobs is to ask questions, hold people accountable, and have curiosity. She's none of that. And very few people in media are anymore. And that just shows the current state of the press. And like I always say, Dan, people criticize the media by calling them mainstream. They're not mainstream because they're not able to mainstream ideas anymore because most of the country despises them speaking of media is don lemon no longer a shill is don lemon now becoming a journalist is that what i'm seeing you writing is this possible could this be uh, last week axios put out a report saying that new cnn president chris lick is going to evaluate all of CNN's left-wing partisan talents. And those who can't pivot to a facts-first mindset, he will fire. That's what the Axios report said. And what do you know, one week later, Don Lemon starts to pretend and act like a journalist on TV interviewing Biden's press secretary, actually holding her feet to the fire, asking her questions about Biden's ability, his mental state. So Don Lemon got the message. Um, CNN's management now under discovery, they don't want these kooky Joy Reid wannabes anymore on TV. They want people that have at least some respect. So Don Lemon seems, at least right now, trying to show management, hey, I can pivot. I don't need to be a shill. But here's my concern. How long can Lemon keep this up? Because at some point, I think he's going to have to pivot back to calling 
70 percent of the country racist and donald trump hitler all that stuff that's who don lemon is so he can pretend to be a journalist for now on television but playing a journalist can be tiresome if it goes against everything that's made don lemon who he is which i think might be the biggest propagandist on cable news does corporations have to fall in line with the script of pride month or do corporations? Oh, of course. This is the biggest story going on in culture. If you woke up June 1st and scoured your social media page, all you would see is the rainbow color flag and Pride Month and hashtags be bold, be gay, be proud. This is all a ruse. This is all corporations trying to hijack Pride Month for their own benefit, telling uh, potential critics, hey, you can't criticize us. We have the pride flag. Don't you dare call us anti-gay. We have the um, we have the new pride flag. I think it's called the pride progress flag, which is supposed to be more progressive than the original pride flag, if uh, that makes sense. But yeah, this is all about this is all about corporate brands trying to use these social justice movements to put themselves in a protective state. It's all about getting on the politically correct stance on every single issue it's no different than hashtag mask up hashtag blm it's corporations and influencers online wanting to show people they are on the right side of the cultural divide because dan as you know one side of the cultural divide is ridiculed threatened and often canceled the other side is protected everybody wants to be on the protected side obviously except me Oh, yeah. When you get in an argument with somebody, you, you, you first must you got to be the first to call them racist and you got to be the first to talk about how you support BLM, because if you're second, because it's always coming out, uh, then it is 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 supporting Pride Month profitable for corporations or is it if we don't support Pride Month, you know, we're probably going to take a hit on the bottom line. It's a, such a good question. Th there's two ways of thoughts here. One is most of the country knows these people are frauds and putting fried month like Burger King making a proud burger doesn't do a lot. That doesn't garner new buyers or consumers. But what it does do is it appeals to sponsors, right? So if you have a big event or and you have pride month uh, on your logo and all that stuff, these corporation sponsors are more likely to want to do business with you because for the same reason they want to brand themselves around pride that's what all this is about it's about saying i agree with that and you know consuming all the good that comes with being on the progressive side of these battles so i do think overall there is a financial reward for taking the progressive side of every single cause there's a meme that goes around on twitter which i think is phenomenal it says i stand with the current thing it essentially shows these people will join support and promote whatever the current trend is and we went through them from mask up to i stand with ukraine to pride month to hashtag blm to whatever they have now with january 6th so that's the way all this works but what it does do is it alienates so much of the base because they know these people are phonies, right? So you, have, you take Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, for example. They're all in on the rainbow flag 
in the United States. But if you look at their social media pages in the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, they have no mention of any LGBT support because in those countries, it's a crime to be a homosexual or a transgender. So these companies in the United States say, yeah, we're all for this. But overseas, they make very clear they want nothing to do with these progressive trends. So, of course, some people in the U.S. are going to see that and say, yeah, this company is a grandstanding fraud. Who is David Dennis Jr. and why is he on ESPN telling us all of all the murders uh, that happened on January 6th? I had, I had no idea who this guy was yesterday, but I woke up and I got some texts saying for people around the industry, hey, do you see this idiot that ESPN's promoting on Around the Horn? Dan, this might be the dumbest guy who's ever been on any TV set. So he went on TV um, Tuesday, I believe, and said um, Jack Del Rio is comparing peaceful protest to the deadly insurrection at the Capitol. Well, Here's Jack Del Rio's tweet. He says, quote, the riots, the lootings and the burnings. He's not talking about the peaceful protest. He's talking about the riots, lootings and burnings that Black Lives Matter caused in the summer of 2020 in the name of George Floyd. So this idiot, whatever his name is, Dennis, David, Davis, Dennis, it doesn't really matter to me. He's misquoting Jack Del Rio completely to try to, I don't know, paint him as a racist and i think that's a pretty fair assessment because to follow up his video this david dennis whatever his name is he tweeted that you know what you do to stop white supremacy you stop hiring these people so you got a guy in espn calling jack del rio a white supremacist for wondering why nobody's allowed to ask why the media has excused the deadly riots that blm caused which according to estimates, killed 25 people and caused a record $2 billion in insurance claim to cover property damage. So the BLM riots were clearly destructive, clearly deadly, and nothing about those riots were peaceful. So for David Dennis to go on ESPN and say that it's racist to question the quote-unquote peaceful protest from BLM, that just shows an incredible dishonesty and for espn i don't know what bridge goes too far but to me that's something that they should have to answer for and i sent the head of espn an uh, email last night saying do you guys agree with what this guy is saying on tv moreover he tweeted last night that trump that black people warned the country that trump was a dangerous threat didn't ESPN just deal with something like that a few years ago with Jamel Hill, which had a really negative impact on ESPN's reputation? So to allow this guy, who nobody even knows who he was a couple of days ago, to put him on air and allow him to spew this hateful, race-baiting rhetoric, um, ESPN should really be ashamed of this. They have a lot of people that cross the line, but this guy seems to really be crossing it. Um, this is a side question, but does all of these guys that come on here and do this stupid stuff and tell lies about things, does this help Sage Steele's lawsuit and then they're allowed to be on TV? Uh, on the broad, on the surface, does this help Sage's lawsuit? Oh, 
Absolutely, it should. ESPN is making it so easy for Sage's lawyers. Um, you know, I read her lawsuit, and the big point of emphasis is that ESPN took away her free speech rights, and that they have they use selective discipline on those who break ESPN's no politics um, etiquette. So, just in the past week, you had what we just talked about with this idiot from around the horn. I already forgot his name, but. ESPN also on Friday allowed failed TV and radio host Bomani Jones to appear on Joy Reid show to, on the topic of white people. So ESPN gave Bomani Jones permission to go on the most radical show on cable news to call people racist. What does that have to do with sports? And for some context here, ESPN has the okay every outside appearance for their talent. So somebody at MSNBC contacted ESPN and said, will you allow Bomani Jones to appear on Joy Reid's primetime show? And ESPN said yes. However, ESPN has a no politics policy inside and outside ESPN. So they punish Sage Steele, but let Bomani Jones go on Joy Reid's show. Joy Reid, for some recap, recently said that red steaks only keep black people alive to cook white people um, steaks, whatever that means. I, I have no idea. She didn't specify. She also posted both, both homophobic and racist messages on her blog and recently said that she thinks Ron DeSantis might be tied up in a sex trafficking ring. So clearly, we're not dealing with a sane person by any means. Uh, however, ESPN's allowing their talents to appear next to her on cable news. So for Sage Steele, that just seems like validation for her entire lawsuit. It really does. Um, is there any other word on her lawsuit, or is it, you know, you know, I understand enough about having brother that's a prosecutor, sister that's a prosecutor, and lawyers, defense lawyers. I understand there's a lot in the background. So there really hasn't been anything new on her lawsuit, right? And not expected to be anything new for a little bit? Yeah, the timetable on these lawsuits can really vary. I've said from the beginning, to me, a buyout makes the most sense to settle this. Um, clearly, ESPN does not like having a conservative voice on television and Sage Steele at this point does not need ESPN. I actually think all of this has made her star larger. I think for both of them, parting ways makes sense. However, she does have several years left on her contract. So ESPN would likely have to pay her out the remainder. Um, if that was enough to get her to settle this lawsuit, I think ESPN would definitely consider that. But um, yeah, as of right now, there is no update but, Dan, you know, these networks tend to want to get this stuff out of the way as soon as possible. They look at football season post-Labor Day as the start of the new sports calendar. So maybe they revisit it by Labor Day. But as of right now, it is completely up in the air, and this thing could settle soon or go on for the next year because some lawsuits tend to just go on and on and on with no resolution. Yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, I, look, I can see anything happening. I do. I think Sage's pretty strong in her convictions. I mean, they'd have to pay a little bit of money to get her out of there. I, I think it's going to be interesting. What are you doing for your birthday? What's the rest of the day, Bobby? You, you know, I don't have anything planned tonight. It is a Thursday. but um, So a little background on me. When you're from Michigan, I think you have – 
there's a natural thing where you have to embrace the casino scene. We have some of the best casinos outside of Nevada in the country. So I'm hoping to head that way this weekend, whether it's in northern Michigan or Detroit, um, from Greektown to MGM to Turtle Creek. Dan, if you haven't been here to check out some of the casinos, I highly recommend it. They're a lot of fun. The atmosphere is as good as you can find anywhere. Love the Greektown Casino. I, I, I think Absolutely. the Greektown Casino downtown is one of the most underrated. I won three grand there in a dice game, so I, I have Ooh. a very, very fond affinity, affinity for it. <laughs> uh, Bobby, thank you, man. Keep doing your thing. It's great stuff, and happy birthday to you. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for uh, having me on and keep killing it. I, uh, I saw some numbers. Your show's growing rapidly. It's one of the fastest-growing digital shows anywhere, so – Props to you and props to your team. Thanks, buddy. And you're a big part of that. Thank you. Bobby Barak, I'm telling you, when you, like, if you have an opinion on something, and maybe it's going to be an opposite opinion. Look at my dog up in here. But when you pay attention and read what Bobby says, you're going to be like, wow, that makes sense. Now, you may not agree with it. Like, we don't always have to agree, do we? We don't have to always agree. Why do we have to agree? But at least he has an informed side that isn't just, well, Donald Trump did. No, that's not what you do. Please, children, please. No, 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 no. It's not what you do. You discuss, you look, you figure out, and you go from there. I mean, it's literally that simple. I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, why that wouldn't be a thing. All right. It's the freaking weekend. Everyone going to have me some fun. All right, what does that mean? Well, we got a lot going on this weekend. I've already talked about the U.S. Open Golf. We talked about the pucks. The pucks last night were fantastic. I thought it was great, and I'm going to continue to watch, and you can't make me not watch. However, however, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. For game five, I was really fired up to watch. I'm going to watch tonight. I want to watch tonight. Oh, by the way, Nike is down 5% for those of you that voted for Biden. What does he have to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. Nah, nothing. Uh, the Warriors are getting four. I'm very conflicted on this. I'm going to take the Warriors getting four because of this theory. Those of you that have paid attention to any of my shows, any of them, understand this. There are certain people, Urban Meyer in college and Nick Saban in college. If they get points, I'm taking them. If the Warriors get four in a closeout game, I'm taking them. And they're getting four tonight. Look, this is schizophrenic. This is insane. Everything about this is nuts. These series, did you know, I said this the other day, I'll say it again, did you know that the Warriors, who were six time out of eight in the NBA Finals, were actually down 55 points in a game in the postseason. So let me tell you what else I'm looking at. Al Horford over nine and a half. I'm writing him down. Al Horford, nine and a half. This is a game where the stars get a little bit locked down, but Al Horford over nine and a half. I'm going Grant Williams, four and a half. All you got to do is hit two threes. I'm going Grant Williams, four and a half. I'm undecided on whether to go with Jordan Poole over 11 and a half. 
and Steph Curry, 28 and a half points. I'm undecided. I could see Curry being great, but I also saw this, and we talked about it the other day. Man, oh man, the way the Celtics defended and switched up, denying both Curry and Klay Thompson, it was a miracle that Klay Thompson had 21. It was a three-point shot when the game didn't matter. But I got to tell you, that ain't going to change. Like, if, if uh, Celtics are smart, and they're very smart, Emi Adoko is a very good coach, at least from where I sit. I don't know whether he is, whether he isn't. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. But I know this. They've got good defenders, and the way they played it is going to be difficult for Curry to go get 40. Doesn't mean he can't. I mean, hell, Curry can bring it down, screw the defense, knock in four threes. Now he's got 12, and everybody's in, uh, you know, everybody's all whacked out. Don't get me wrong. He could do that. But if I'm betting tonight, that seems like a bet. Uh, Williams, Grant Williams, over four and a half seems like investing. There's a big difference between betting and investing. A big difference. Not even close. Betting, you're winning by chance. Investing, we're winning with information. Betting is like I'm throwing darts at the wall. Investing, I've got my spreadsheets. Big difference. Huge difference. So there you go. Uh, We had another great week. We had another great week. It's only getting bigger. It's only getting better. Do me a favor. If you see my stuff on Twitter, retweet it. Get us out there. Let's get up to 50,000 views by the time we come back on Monday. And we will be back on Monday where we will talk about the NBA playoffs. We will talk finals. We will talk about Lord Stanley's Cup. I'm going to try to get the U.S. Open winner on. Bigger guests, better things. Great job by Dylan. Great job by Davey. Great job by Ryan. Great job by Jacob. Great job by everybody that is behind us. But as you can tell right now, I am squirming. Why am I squirming? Because I got to go potty. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Take L. Horford nine and a half. Take Grant Williams four and a half. And take the damn points and the Golden State Warriors. If I don't get to the bathroom, we're going to have a problem. Enjoy your weekend.